For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey everybody, before we get to today's podcast, I wanted to let you know that RYM has released two new podcasts. Uh, One is entitled Parenting Today. It's a bi-weekly podcast that will air on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Reverend Kurt Cooper is my co-host and uh, we discuss different cultural issues that parents are dealing with through a creation, fall, redemption, restoration framework. So we hope you check that out. Uh, We've also released the RYM Student Podcast that airs three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. It's about five to ten minutes and has clips from our various conferences that will hopefully uh, help students fit God's truth into their lives. We also hope parents can use this as they're driving their kids around or youth workers Uh, to use this as they pick up their students and can use it as a springboard for discussion on spiritual matters. So be sure and check those out at iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, um, as well as some other places. Hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, we are back with uh, Dr. Ligon Duncan. Um, Dr. Duncan, uh, increasingly we we hear the phrase post-Christian. Um, and how that seems to be a growing trend in the the United States. Uh, You know, it seems like that phrase was kind of thrown out um, labeling those outside the United States, but um, it's it's definitely being applied to our context um, more. And so just, you know, a week or so ago, your friend who you referenced yesterday, Dr. R. Albert Moeller, um, on the briefing discussed an article entitled, Why South Carolina is Abandoning Its Churches. Mm. He had a a lot to say about this post-Christian culture and the rise of the the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, um, those who don't affiliate, you know, with any uh, sort of religion. Um, so w- would you talk to us a bit about this post-Christian culture, your your thoughts, your concerns? And um, again, you, you mentioned biblical illiteracy yesterday. That might even have some uh, connection here in this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that uh, there is something in the air and in the water in this culture Today, 2018, in uh, in in the United States in general, and even here in the southeastern United States, where we tend to lag behind cultural trends, maybe in the northeast of the United States, in New York City, the big cities, uh, Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles, we tend to lag about 20 years behind cultural trends, and and there's good and there's bad in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But even here, uh, I. I feel like there is um, there's a toxicity in the air to Christianity. There is a, and there's a spirit of hey, we've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, we're moving on. Uh, you know, uh, Christianity is a has been kind of thing. Uh, there is an implausibility to Christianity to many people, and. Um, you know, they, I think they. A lot of people think they've tried it and it didn't work, and 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 they're moving on. When in fact, they really don't even know what Christianity is. There's there's there is tons of cultural ignorance about 
um, about Christianity. And I think there, there are a lot of reasons uh, for that. Uh, one is we live in a day and time where um, uh, young people are not looking back at the history of our country and culture uh, by and large and saying, yay, we're awesome. Uh, when, when I was growing up, I think more young people looked back at the history of our country and culture and said, yay, we're awesome. Uh, we live in a day and time where in, in school and, and on into college and academia, the general attitude uh, to our country and culture is, is we're horrible, we're terrible. Um, and we did, you know, we did awful things. Now, part of that is, is a good, helpful correction. You know, there, there can be a sort of a cultural idolatry of our country and our, and our culture where we, you know, where we, you know, sort of worship ourselves and, and think how wonderful we are and, and whitewash some of the bad things in our history. And our educational system is trying to correct that now. And there's certain, there's certain good things that are involved in that. But I do think, what has happened is very often Christianity has been the one that has taken the blame for those bad things in our country and, and, and our culture. And I think that that definitely has fed into the, the, the sort of fatigue uh, with Christianity amongst many young people. Uh, in our culture. So I, I think that's, that is definitely something that is going on. I think that the, the affluence of our culture and the technology of our culture both conspire to uh, rob people of the sense of spiritual urgency and need that that needs to be there before people realize um, how desperately important the message of, of faith and repentance, conversion, coming to Christ is. I definitely feel a difference between the young people that are in their teens today and say when I was in my teens in that area. The the distractions that are available to us today because of affluence and technology mm. are exponentially mm. uh, increased over over my time. And, uh, and I, I think it means that young people can live at a superficial level and never ever think about ultimate eternal matters because they're 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 playing a game on a screen uh, or they're caught up in Snapchat or social media or the 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 you know the the the, the trivial busyness of life and um, I you know I, I just think that's a that is a really significant thing for us to to factor in as as we look at the culture in our own time. Hmm. I mean that that is extremely insightful. I mean, to draw that correlation uh, with uh, technology, for sure. I mean, you, you think of, you know, uh, students today, and, and I mean, adults as well, um, the times where you would have those kind of quiet moments of reflection um, are being replaced. Uh, so it's in those, you know, quiet moments where the Lord speaks, where there's reflection on the state of your own soul and your brokenness yeah. and your sin. Um, but like you just said, that the constant just barrage of distraction and, you know, yeah. binge watching on Netflix. And, um, you know, I, I do sense that these students today, I mean, that's what they're growing up. And when they have those moments where they're, they might be a little down, uh, where they're, they're struggling, uh, they're just gonna, you know, to, to 
fix that problem, solve that problem. Their refuge is YouTube and just watch yep. something that's going to make me laugh. Uh, so yep. that's, that's very um, insightful. And so what's some, what's some advice, maybe a follow up there, um, you know, to, to, to parents and, and also youth workers um, to, to challenge and to prepare, you know, this next generation to kind of push back against this kind of post-Christian, um, yeah. again, culture that they're, they're growing up in. Well, I mean, the, the, the good news about it is that there's still nothing more powerful than a relationship with somebody who loves you. Hmm. Uh, you know, the, 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 the screen may get the dopamine going, <laughs> Uh, but, but a screen can't know you and love you and look back into your eyes and care about you more than life. And so that, that means, you know, youth workers, parents do not despair. There's still nothing more powerful than you looking into the eyes of another human being and caring about them and wanting to know them and delighting in the things that they do and what they can become. And so don't, you know, in this, in this day and age where you're competing with a million distractions, what you have to offer in that relationship is far power, more powerful than any of those distractions. And once a person feels that, they, they get hooked on that like you can get hooked on a screen. Hmm. You know, when, when another person, you know, that one, one thing that you can't do on a screen, even when you're FaceTiming with somebody, is you can't look into their eyes and know, know that they're looking back into yours. Mm -hmm. But you can do that face-to-face -face in a relationship. And so I tell parents, look, there's going to there's gonna be a time when all you've got is that is that relationship. But that is, don't, do not despair about how powerful that is. Uh, and it's the same thing with youth workers. And I, you know, even, even for people that are not trying to do Christian ministry, who are just in education today, I, I tell them, please do not underestimate the power of you just being present and having a relationship with your students because it's far more powerful than any technology that this planet has to offer. And interestingly, my student, you know, seminary students, we're we're inundated with technology too. And we're, you know, we're we're doing things on Google Hangout and Zoom and 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 and, and things as as well. But even those students that have grown up with technology in their hands and screens around them, what they tell me is the thing that is most powerful for them is when they're in the same room with a professor and they're connecting mm. with that professor relationally. So the power of relationships uh, over against this inundation of, of, of constant distraction and technology should not be uh, underestimated on our part. And it, by the way, that reminds us that a lot of discipleship uh, will will be of a of a slow, uh, uh, you know, unsensational variety. You know, it's not standing up in front of a room of thousands. It's it's that it's that one to one relational work, taking somebody out to lunch, taking somebody out for a milkshake, dropping by the school to check on them. Uh, you know, showing up at their game, patting them on the back after their team is lost or, you know, whatever, uh, that, that slow, steady relationship building, that's what's going to pay off in the long term uh, in, in terms of cracking this, this cultural challenge that we're facing uh, in that area. And then, you know, the other thing is, is just, a, a, I think a lot of post quote unquote post Christianity exists in our culture because people have never encountered Christianity in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, we were we were talking the other day about biblical illiteracy 
amongst young people. And I, what I always try and stress to people is, by and large, that's not young people's fault. That's the part that that's the fault of the church not doing what it should have done. Back in the early 1970s, uh, the church decided that the way to reach out to the culture was to give the culture what it wanted, and uh, and 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 you know the, the the gurus of the church growth movement decided that what the culture wanted was it, it didn't want a boring and irrelevant church. It wanted an exciting and relevant church. And so Bible exposition, Bible teaching, that's boring and irrelevant. We're going to do skits and practical talks. And the church has been doing that for 50 years now. Mm-hmm. We, we should not be surprised that people don't know their Bibles. Mm-hmm. And what's in the Bible is far more exciting and relevant, by the way, than the stuff that the church has been offering for the last 50 years. So one thing we can start doing is start offering what we're best at. Hmm. You know, people don't know what they need. Uh, I I was talking to Philip Holmes, who's our director of communications at RTS the other day, and he quoted uh, something to me from Henry Ford. He said, if you give people what they want, they'll want faster horses. Uh, and, you know, here's the guy that, that is one of the major early automakers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, they thought, well, what I wanted is, is a faster horse. No, I'm going to give you a car. You know, <laughs> and they, they, don't, they, don't, they didn't know that they needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so often how it is. If we just give people what they want, it, it's probably not going to be what they really need. Mm-hmm. And so in, in ministry, our goal needs to always be, I'm going to give people what they need, not just give them what they want. And um, and I think that's part of our addressing the the the, the whole so, you know so-called post-Christian trend in our culture. Now, here's the other good news on that, John: is is Christianity is exploding all around the world, mm-hmm. and especially in the global South and the Pacific Rim right yes. now. Yes. And those people are coming to the United States. The United States is going to be majority Asian in probably 2055, mm-hmm. and Asians are not. Um, they're not burned out on Christianity the way that that white upper class northeastern Ivy League people are, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I I have often chuckled to myself and thought, it, wouldn't it be interesting if God's plan for revival in America is to just pack us full of Asians, <laughs> uh, you know, because Asians and African Americans and to a lesser extent Hispanic Latino folks do not seem to have the same fatigue to to Christianity that some of the the white upper class you know uh, Anglo-Saxon cultured uh, kinds of, of peoples in the United States have uh, right now and I've, I've wondered whether that's how revival is going to come in the United States but in, in ministry I just think it's important that, you know culture culture is going to change there are going to be times when the culture is more resistant to the gospel and less resistant to the gospel. And so what if we are ministering in a time when the culture is more resistant to the gospel? Praise God, it's just our opportunity to go out there and and, and be faithful and, and let the Lord uh, do his work. But I, I tell you, what, what you will find is the students that are in settings where the Bible is valued and taught <clears throat> and where... Christians are serious about truth, are less resistant to these kinds of cultural trends than in places where the Bible's mm. not taught mm. and Christians are not serious about truth. Mm. 
Wow. So some very, very good perspective there and encouragement uh, as well. I mean, to, to see one, um, the power of the gospel, the power of God's word and how it will work. Um, and then also just the importance of, you know, relationships, like you said, kind of pointing back to that, of that face-to-face relationship and how um, that can push back against, you know, the, the power of the screen, so to speak. But um, some very good perspective there. Very helpful. Thanks again, Dr. Duncan. Thank you, John. 